Welcome to the School of Risk podcast where successful risk takers are made and celebrated. Our mission remains ever the same and that is to help you become successful risk takers. I am your risk champ Chizubele Gudo hosting you on this podcast. My guest on today's episode is Olga Labai. She is a lawyer, oil and gas consultant and trainer, founder and CEO of oil and gas consultants based out in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Olga and I will be talking about life and work in the oil and gas sector. We'll discuss contract negotiations. And we will also explore and deep dive into her transformation journey from life in Russia to the Middle East. We go into the value of knowing your self-worth in this episode. Self-worth in your career is important as you will notice with Olga's experience of how she took charge, worked on her self-worth, dealt with deep-rooted trauma, overcame depression, even suicidal thoughts to then build a resilient self. She shares her journey of working with Dr. Joe Dispenza and how that is helping her in life today. Olga knows no fear. We once partnered on a project that didn't go as planned. Listen out for how this interesting story of how we overcame that problem and still remained great friends and business business partners till this day. You get to learn how to manage critical business issues or crises when they happen and how to make rapid decisions to safeguard your interest and that of your team. Big thank you for choosing to spend time with me today on this podcast. Please, if you are inspired by what you are listening to, text a few friends, share it with them, put it on social media, send the links to people who you know will benefit from listening to this inspirational story that we are going to share with you today on this fabulous episode. Ladies and gentlemen, risk takers in the Middle East and all other parts of the world, you have now entered the premises of the School of Risk podcast. You know what time it is. Let's go to school. (laughs) Olga, welcome to the School of Risk podcast. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I have been waiting for this moment because I know you have so much value to share. I don't want to talk too much and ramble on. I want you to do all the talking because what you say 
is going to be of so much value to our listeners. So I'm going to please start by asking you to introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what you do, and we'll take it from there. Okay, uh, my name is Olga Labai. I'm, um, I'm, I'm originally from Russia. I live in Dubai for the last almost 10 years. Um, I'm a world traveler and it's interesting now, I'm very confident to define myself as the person whose life has driven primarily by running away or hiding from trauma. <laughs> Basic, or, or trying to heal trauma. And I now, uh, I, can, I can say that my business is in, uh, in oil and gas consultants. My, my company is oil and gas consultants and we do uh, um, a lot of training in oil and gas space and upstream. And now I have a lot of clients that are not uh, uh, in upstream oil and gas or not in oil and gas uh, for that matter at all because contractual skills are transferable. It's been seven and a half years of my own entrepreneurship. And if not for that, I wouldn't know me. One thing I can tell for sure is I ticked ticked one box. That is uh, the um, primary purpose, I'd say, or primary task in life to fulfill is know thyself. Oh my goodness, entrepreneurship gives you the chance to see uh, unavoidable chance to see all of your black you know dark corners yes your fears of your uh, lack of confidence or, or like all your negative self-talk that you can actually potentially run away being in a salary from salary uh, uh, space where yes. you know uh, we do work a lot in in corporate life but we always have that one two hours a day where we kind of can uh, uh, basically zoom out and, 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 and spend this, this time pretending that we are working. And I had those days, multiple smoking breaks, coffees and conversations. Uh, uh, and it, it just, that environment, I don't know for many people, but that environment wouldn't give me the conscious choices that I needed, like the, the, the opportunity to have conscious choices. I, were, I was in my programs either compete or defend myself or win the game. Uh, and then stability, financial stability, enough to avoid any of their entrepreneurial risks. And I do remember when I was 27 and I was still in second energy, I was maybe 27, 25. And I do remember hearing conversation and somebody was talking about taxation in Russia for small businesses. And I do remember hearing me saying to myself, Thanks God, I will never need to do, uh, need to be or do anything in that situation and be in that situation because I have this warm seat. I have this nice corporate career. I'm a lawyer lawyer in an international environment. You know, I have all these beautiful contracts to review and uh, legal proceedings to win. And here you go. Yeah, you are. Seven and a half years later in this, I'm like, this is, this is the life. This is entrepreneurship. The- yes. Yeah. I, I am a hundred percent in agreement with you. Something you said, which is really, really true is the fact that once you embark on entrepreneurship, you use the term, know thyself. Entrepreneurship allows you to know yourself because just like you, I wasn't a confident public speaker. 
but I'm running my own shows now. Yep. If not for entrepreneurship, Olga, I wouldn't have met you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have met you. Another story is coming. Another story. We'll talk about that in a minute. That is what that is an interesting story, you know, which is quite important. And you know, it's, I mean, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. There are people who are comfortable. They just want to sit in that corporate world and just get the salary because for them, it's a safety blanket for them. But we live in a world now where a salary job is no longer a safe option. I, I think now the corporate world is, is, as before, but now especially, is a mega different place. I just read something on LinkedIn that says, People in Silicon Valley become CEOs uh, at 35 years old yes. because you're technically savvy and you and you have all the skills required to be a, a CEO of a large, I don't know, corporation or fund or something like that. And then uh, and then uh, or basically of any business, you know. And then we have India that still requires 15 years of experience for a senior manager role. Uh, is it some? And and the post was saying, is, is there something to reconsider? I believe that we were in those places where corporate life did not entail. I knew I will never become VP legal in Shell. I knew that there is a, there are certain corporate policies, or there are certain you know there is certain level of education. There are certain universities that the highest rank that I could possibly see in in the hierarchy of Shell, or take another any another IOC in uh, in upstream oil and gas. I knew I, I, you know, I maybe 45, 50 years it would take me to see myself somewhere up, but I have to be that much interested in, 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 in the content of, yes. of the profession. It's now a different corporate life, you know, with Google people laying anywhere they want or sitting anywhere they want. We are in a, we're in a totally different place. I'm actually thankful that the corporate life for both of us was so uncomfortable, was so competitive and boring and not creative that we we were squeezed out absolutely I, I, I absolutely <laughs> absolutely i 100 agree with that because the satisfaction i have now i would be a miserable whatever if i was in the corporate world <laughs> you would be still acute miserable i will <laughs> exactly acute miserable whatever <laughs> miserable whatever exactly you know but um, <laughs> this is so satisfying and, you know, having met you and knowing what you do, take us a little bit back. So from Russia to Dubai, share with our listeners a little bit of your life journey, that transition from Russia to Dubai. What led you to move to Dubai? Uh, I, I must tell that the, the career at that, at that time, the fact that I worked as an international lawyer and the fact that I moved from HR department of that company to uh, a legal department and I had all these nice contracts, you know, really interested in international content in my job was the only achievement that I could point out at that time. Uh, for the most part of my life, I felt like a complete loser, a failure on all, all accounts. And that uh, is a trauma-based thinking and a trauma-based perception of me and the world started to take toll on me. And um, uh, first, connected or not, I don't believe in any coincidence, but, but that's another topic. I actually broke my leg, broke my knee in 2009 oh, no. uh, while skiing. 
So I had oh, no. Six wow, that must be that must have been really traumatic. That was that was traumatic. But another thing is, if if you are the personality who perceives anything that happens to you as a punishment for who you are, <laughs> that's triple, quadruple, forty times more traumatic. It that's makes why it I more love, traumatic. Yes, exactly. And that's why I love learning and and knowing about neuroscience and all the. Uh, all the you know synaptic connections and 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 inhibitory excitatory functional uh, functional neurons because the way I perceive what happened to me is gazillion times different from from the same thing that may happen you know people break I had in the same in the same hospital there were a couple of Germans and one broke his spine and he was like ah it's just an accident you know whatever and I was <laughs> Stressed, traumatized, and all of it. But what I'm what I'm saying is that when I had to have another surgery, I went mm -hmm. to Japan again. It happened in Japan, uh, uh, as I lived close to uh, to Japan. So basically, I went to Japan and I had another operation that, needless to say, didn't go as perfectly as they planned. And here I got like seriously super depressed and very sad. The amounts of sadness I had to endure were just endless. And of course, people around me were asking, what, why are you overreacting? But it's mm -hmm. like, it's all me invoked, entangled, you know, in, in, it's all of me, the vortex of, 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 of unhappiness. So I came back home after not having all the screws, you know, like the metal screws removed. In your, in your, in your, in your legs. In my, in my knee, yes. And I, and, I, and I went home and moreover, the hospital I was in, uh, tried to cheat me with, with the, they actually, I actually had a, a written offer from them from the, for the prices. Uh, and then they tried to charge me more. So people actually don't believe that these thing, things are, are, are happening in Japan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of the worst things that could happen actually happened to me. That's how negative the, the, the charge I, I was carrying. And on the way out of airport, moneyless, unhappy about my surgery, but still walking, still kind of living through it. I, uh, uh, I, I, before, before airport, I dropped a bottle of wine. I wanted to drink a little bit of wine. <laughs> I dropped a bottle of wine on my laptop. You broke it. <laughs> so it's like, can you be more unlucky? I was still smiling. So I'm, ca I'm coming to the airport and I'm like, I need to read something just to distract myself from this pain, from this emotional, like sadness, all of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going into the bookstore and uh, all the books are in Japanese, in, in Japanese and, and everything is with the hieroglyphs and stuff. And there are only two books uh, in English. One is Passionate Hot Love by, by Daniela Steele. And I'm like, eh, not for me right now. <laughs> not for you. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, the last thing I believe in at that moment was, was that moment, yeah. hot, romantic love, whatever. <laughs> you know? This photo like in uh, Gone with the Wind, you know, he's a <laughs> like that i was like mushy stuff. <laughs> yeah and the second book was the power of your subconscious mind by joseph murphy I so hope. i think this book uh, joseph murphy joseph uh, murphy a, okay yeah it's a it's a it's an irish irish guy and as famous as uh napoleon hill uh, okay okay Waterville, you know a lot of this uh, old school uh, uh, uh old school teachers on the power of of the thought and I, I turned the book and it says things that are happening to you, somewhat unexplainable, but they are very bad. Do you think you have something to do with how things are happening to you? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. After I read this book, I landed a job in Dubai in about four months, 
from, I had an offer. I had twice more money that I was paid in Russia. I uh, managed to go there to, to Dubai because like where I, I wasn't, I, if I choose, I maybe choose London, but I didn't know many people in London or companies, but I knew that there were many Russians moving to Dubai. Yes. But, I didn't, but all of them were moving to work for a Russian IOC which I never wanted to do. And I managed to land the, the, the job in the international oil and gas company, upstream oil and gas company. So everything clicked, like absolutely everything with the power of the thought. Amazing. It's just that when I arrived to work in Dubai and I have all of this tick, 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 everything is cool and I have to be happy. I'm sitting there first day, I open my laptop and I'm like, I feel so betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> why do why why do you have that feeling? Why? Because I knew I, as Jack Kenfield says, you need to know which ladder to climb because you can climb up the ladder and realize it's the wrong one. It's I I knew that the content of the work, the communications and interactions with the people will be litigious. They, there will be a lot of arguments. There will be a lot of. Um, uh, a lot demanded from me in a corporate job. And it's like, and it's the same content. It's the same content. It's not neuroscience. You just, you just mentioned Jack Canfield. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this book here, Success Affirmation from, by Jack Canfield. And I've also got the other book as well. I haven't, I'm not sure what book you read, which you just quoted, but um, I've got a few of his books here. I, I, I went to his event. Uh, so two years later, I uh, was, asked to leave from that job and I was paid pretty well uh, to, to, to leave and to leave like, you know, peacefully. Mm -hmm. And I got depressed, even more depressed than I was in the job. Uh, the, the job itself was fantastic. Now I, now I'm going back. My manager, And this is before you got into your entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. I traveled to Iraq, uh, to, to both parts of, of Iraq, uh, northern called Kurdistan, and then to South Iraq. And I was training people on contracts because one thing that, that, that left me really aggrieved in this job is that people perceive that as a lawyer, not only I have to prepare and negotiate the contract, I have to manage it all the way. I'm like, that's, These the, are that's a different job entirely. Exactly. It's a contract managers. And, and my boss said to me, well, it's not show for you, baby, here, you know, you deal with it, your lawyer. I'm like, okay, how do I deal with it? <laughs> so I decided to take all of this amazing guys who worked at, for Weatherford at the time and uh, train them on contracts. So I had rooms full of people for day one, one day seminar, two day seminar, few hours seminar explaining what what are we trying to achieve in those contracts and when they have to flag things and when they can do without me and then i started to hear their feedback why nobody ever responds to us from a legal team why people think we are idiots we're actually it's not our job to manage contracts and i said guys let's just try to create something so what we did as a result uh, 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 actually created was master service agreements these are like this umbrella uh, uh, terms yes. with companies where everything is kind of negotiated you just have to pick and choose those terms if you are not happy with them and then issue a purchase order and say these terms are, are, are okay for this purchase order or everything is okay and basically the the business is 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 working very you know very 
swiftly in a swift manner in much uh, uh, in an easier way uh, than when the parties sit down and negotiate from from zero negotiate all the terms and conditions mm -hmm. and I, I managed to create 15 of those master service agreements become favorite uh, <laughs> to many of the clients organizations because they were my favorite like, lawyer because they were like at least we can sort stuff out with you you know then when when i was gone one of the you know when you are an achiever unfortunately and you attach your your worth to it, your achievement but what warms my heart and warmed my heart when when, when these uh, supply chain managers of those organizations that are, that were clients of weatherford they found out that I was gone. They were calling me and said, no, 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 it cannot be. We don't want to, to work with anyone else but you. And I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Won their hearts over. <laughs> it, was, it was heartwarming. But uh, when I was gone, I had this um, feeling that, again, when your worth is attached to your career or your achievements or your accomplishments or whatever, you know, um, and your accomplisher by uh, by the by the nature, but that's the entire worth. So another thing that happens when um, one gets gets its worth and value attached to a career is that when things don't go very well, and that happened in my case, I was actually uh, caught up in 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 a major depression, and I never knew that it the pain can be as acute as it was. And it was the first time I've ever thought of ending my life. Uh, not the last time, unfortunately, but that made me quite sober. And depression, and especially acute depression, is just an indication that a lot of things on a lot of fronts are not going well, uh, are, not, are not working well in, in one's life. So depression is a symptom. You know, that, that's amazing what you just said there, because since I started talking with a lot of people and even during this podcast some of the people I've interviewed they've actually said the same thing that you mentioned here it just amazes me about the number of people who have said because of the self the lack of self-worth they have thought about taking their lives at a particular yeah. point in their life you know and imagine if these ones didn't learn how to take control of that and improve their self-worth it just goes to show how important self-worth is and it's the the thing that i am learning right now after my journey my journey has started back then um if i ever you know could understand how thankful i am to people who you know got rid of me uh in that company in that particular time of my life in that particular circumstances where i could actually start my journey i gave my life another chance uh but the thing is again if we don't have an inner self-worth if we're not connected to that source of love here if achievement or marriage or relationship or a car or a food or a meal or beauty or looks whatever becomes that condition under which i can be happy and in my case 
only thing that actually worked for me was my career that I was confident that it works and always where I went was like people wanted to um you know to uh, to to work with me they my bosses never let me go normally so here I'm I'm facing a completely different situation and for the lack of self-worth for I, I call it a, a much bigger much bigger picture for for the lack of ability to generate self-love unconditionally uh we actually become less resilient so if we are facing situations like divorce when we are in our 50s i suppose never been divorced in 50s <laughs> but that, that's the that's the time <laughs> when we have to have so much more resilience and self-worth and self-acceptance because yeah. Hey, I'm in this age where not so not so easy to find a, a partner, and all all sorts of self-assessment and self-judgment starts. First, mm -hmm. it starts from the condition: I will love myself, and I will accept myself, and I'm a good human being if I'm married. I'm I'm. No, that that's the wrong way to that's the it's wrong way to think a, about it's it. It's wrong, but it's a total like I don't know how how what's percentage of the population, but it's our to we are totally compared by our it's own conditions, and then when we are not meeting them, depending on at which stage of life we are not meeting them. For me, not meeting my conditions on, you know, success in my career at thirty four was devastating again because other areas of my life mm -hmm. just simply fell apart even before that i was a chain smoker uh i you know i used alcohol mm -hmm. to to just relieve some stress uh, apparently these are the signs of very very deep trauma not being addressed um i ended up figuring out a bit later that i'm an avoidant uh and then i'm gonna avoid i'm avoiding attachment so i'm an avoidant attachment st style of attachment and basically that what, what sort of attachment are you talking about when you say you avoid attachment so what sort of so, attachment so my journey started attachment. and i figured out so many things for which now you inspire me to start a podcast and i and i mentioned already that i paid for the whole organization of the podcast yes. the beautiful uh lady called zoe but i never did it i even yes. had in mexico city i even had a studio and now i know why talented beautiful people you know all of us have talent have passion why we never follow through on those passions why we are not sticking on to our own commitments to ourselves nobody wants my podcast more than mm. i want it but i know it has a value in it but the less value i have in myself the less love and care i have and admiration for myself the less i can put out there you know the less volume is to to go out there and the best sometimes depressed and unhappy people can do is actually <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy now because i'm i've been on a, a hardcore meditation course for the last three years but uh, the trauma is still there it's lingering but the important yeah, people that you are managing that, you know i may be the happiest person uh, on the planet earth because i'm smiley and stuff like that but i know how to be how is it to be um, down there on the bottom and i know that uh, when my journey started, I first went to Jack Canfield, the one that you mentioned, and uh, because I was yes. paid sufficiently, yes. you know, I could buy the, the the retreat at his home. It was the last retreat he's done at his home, and back then he, um, for five days during his retreat, he was 
talking about how everything is possible. By just being there with people who went through, uh, Jack told us stories as he was, he had to eat dog's food, you know, by uh, dog's cans wow. to, to survive. Yeah, he was Can't like dirt wow. poor at, at certain point in time, if I remember correctly, or very, 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 uh, uh, you know, not wealthy at a certain point. And now we were sitting in his Santa Barbara mansion with horses and a lot of land and, you know, uh, 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 one thing, but another thing is uh, um, a warm marriage, a warm group of people that organizes this event. And we were all it's like, ah, oh, in love with each other. And then just five days of that event, and they took us to this boat tour, which is a very weird Santa Barbara thing, where you get into the bus, and it's a bus with the big wheels, and that bus takes you around Santa Barbara, and it's mm -hmm. one of the, my favorites, the, uh, the most beautiful towns or cities in, in the world, I think. So it takes you around Santa Barbara, and then it reaches the seashore. And then it it's it 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 goes into the water, starts blah, 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 the motor, and the the, the um, yes wheels, oh it's like yeah, a hovercraft like a hovercraft kind of you know they fold in and then, and then the thing yes, starts to go, be go, like go, a boat. Go, go, when that happened, cheese for the first time in my life, it took five day, days of brainwashing of unlearning that you are a failure, things are difficult, you know you'll never be whatever negative self talk. Uh, uh, I've been saying to myself for years that five days started to to brainwash me other you know in other way the more positive more po everything is possible when Jack had personal session with me he said you are clearly multi-talented renaissance woman you can take anything you want and be successful at it and I was like I, I, I feel sometimes I'm a I'm a I'm a, 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 a fraud because I, I want to do so many things. He's like, no, no, you you can achieve anything in those things and speaking, singing and dancing yes. and law and training and this and that. I'm like, OK, again, from where I come from, it's it's not OK to run after so many things. It's not OK to be multi-talented, multi-skilled, multitasking. Stick to one. You know, you know, a lot of people, it's not just where you come from, but people have said to me, geez, you're yeah. doing too many things, you know, but I am comfortable with the many things I'm doing. If I'm not doing many things that I'm asking my, I'm, what, what, what's my purpose? Everything I'm doing is aligned with my purpose. You know, most people are in that mindset that they've just, could, they've just got to stick to yeah. one thing. You know, and the rest of the time they have is, you know, for mundane things or whatever it is that doesn't really, you know, for me, it doesn't really, you know, add value for me. But it's possible to be multi-talented and to use your talent in multiple areas of life, multiple things, multiple, multiple achievements. You know, so if Jack Canfield can say that to you, <laughs> that it's okay, then <laughs> at, it's okay. At that point, I was, again, like... Two weeks before I thought about suicide and it's like hearing all of that right now, right here in Santa Barbara and forgetting about things that I must do, I must be employed, I must whatever, you know, <laughs> basically when, the moment when that boat slash vehicle landed on the water for the first time in my life, I felt something so cool that I could mm -hmm. describe it as happiness.
And I turned to Jack and I said, Jack, Maybe. I actually feel something. I feel something good. And that's where my discovery, self-discovery started. And uh, the amount of criticism I hear for self-digging. Why are you self-digging? What are the... I want to know what exactly was happening to me. And I want to know how I'm still lingering through those reactions, you know, how my achievements or uh, my friendships or my love relationships failed because the way I perceive the reality, right? Or how my achievements or accomplishments do not matter, how I've never felt loved. I'm one of those people where I go to, to psychologists or psychotherapists, I used to, you know, and I say, have you ever felt loved? And I say, no, like zero. Imagine the resource, the tiny, like you have one bottle for the entire life. And it's basically always empty mm -hmm. because you can see by a drop. But that, the bigger is that. And again, uh, the bigger the, the, the resources, the more you replenish it, the more you can achieve in any areas of life. And if tomorrow you say, so that I don't want to be a manager of risk anymore, I want to be singer, you will be compassionate to your, to your own desire. You will be like, that matters. How many times we are going somewhere to the concerts, to, I don't know, to, to play. And I go, why am I here? We are not even listening to the fact mm -hmm. that something brought us there, something, something we will see, something we will connect to something, you know? Like I literally started to appreciate moments of my life more and more, but it took me now, it takes me now seven years to, to self digging, self excavation, literally, to try to, to, mm -hmm. to remove the scar tissue, to look at, I love I love that point. Self that that phrase you just use self excavation. It, it is, <laughs> is yeah, perfect. it is what it is. And, and the more I'm doing it, the, the more yes. because you have to dig deep. You have to go totally. deep into yourself. But so many people are so afraid to go deep into themselves. Like I've had to go deep into myself and have conversations with myself. As in conversations I can't have with anybody, I have that conversation with yeah. myself. You know, the only other person I'll have that conversation with is God when I talk to him in prayer. But I feel that it's important for us to have that deep self-examination, deep self, you know, excavation, you know, going deep to see those things about you that you think is ugly and do what you need to do to change them, and, to be and, happier, to find happiness, and just to see find them purpose. and accept them for for. for, for there's so much them. shadow exactly. work you know defragmentation work and and by the way when we accept those darker parts of us whatever parts that we deny by the way somehow very miraculously my personal experience i started to connect things that i thought were not connected so i went to gymnastics and i started to do backflips and front flips and because because wow. i know it's all connected because i'm becoming richer financially while i'm doing that somehow i know that my mm -hmm. self-worth my sense of accomplishment my sense of how much i'm willing to go through my my vision of this invisible walls you know i i just can't say things when i'm you know all of us struggle with sales from time to time apart from some prodigies and that so i just can't can't sell you know that's the same invisible wall that you are facing when you're the same when you're told by your coach hey you're ready to do your first front flip front flip by yourself from the height of whatever two meters tall and you're like ah 
what but it's the same wall you're breaking and we're all we're all complete yeah. like all of our interests now i hear are completely connected so that fragmentation of us into shameful me bad me my bad habit whatever once we start accepting those parts that's the essence of shadow work but uh, let me tell you one thing at the at the last day at that retreat with jack kenfield he told me he told me and the group all of us about tapping eft and i started to do a lot of eft yeah. and until now i do eft and i adore absolutely adore contribution to humanity by gary craig the creator of eft now he has more optimal eft like more uh, uh what is EFT? Just for the benefit of our listeners, explain so what EFT is. EFT is stimulation is, of, uh, of um, acupuncture points, uh, not by needles as what Ch right. Chinese acupuncture was doing, and not by pressuring, that's acupressure, but uh, a, a modern emotional freedom technique is tapping on those acupuncture points and connecting them with, with whatever makes you stressful. And what does you, it do you, when you, you tap on let's them? Let's say you've been fired like me right and you sit there and you're like in shock i was in shock i maybe smoked two packs a day but if i had eft i would go tapping on you, there is a certain protocol uh, you you just tap it's on a certain points, point yes. and you say even though i'm in shock and you express your own feelings to yourself you don't need anybody else i've just been fired they told this to me da 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 da, da, da. you say the problem i accept myself and how i feel and believe it or not, these points here, the meridians, the stimulation by tapping on those points here and here and here and here and even here starts to tell amygdala yes. that we are not dying. Everything is kind of cool, chill. Because my, my first impression of, I, you know, we, we don't want you anymore, Olga, here. Thank you for your services. By the way, I will always remember this scene now with laughter because somebody who was firing me, he was newly appointed HR director, Egyptian dude. And he, three months before that, I think, or four months before that, was a, a, a head of the business unit. And I helped them with two contracts. And I was the only person in that entire business unit who they they gave like a um, a memory uh, pen, you know, like a special pen with a with a in, yes. uh, uh, words engraved in it, you know, give a special achievement for our Great, unit. Yeah. He was the the same guy who was getting rid of me. I was like, Labai is an. There were political reasons to kind of remove. You know, I was uh, a, yes. a bit too uh, noisy <laughs> in the way I've done things. You know, <laughs> Listen, I've been, I've been, I've been that, yeah. I've been down that road before. Just accept these things as happen as part of the journey we're on. You know, if one assignment ends, there's always many opportunities out there, and we are not defined by where we are. It's the output of yeah. what we produce that determines the quality of who we are as a person, you know, you know, the quality of our purpose, which is important. Olga, you've been, I mean, I know you as a very successful person. I mean, you've been so successful at what you do. You have traveled pretty much across the Middle East. What country in the Middle East haven't you been to? <laughs> I'm sure there are probably a few. You've, you've met so many yeah. people, so many clients. <laughs> I don't remember where I've been, but a lot of them. Has, yeah, what has helped you? Because you've gone into 
dangerous territories as well, yeah. you know, in the Middle East, where there's in the, where, yes, where there's war, where when, there's conflict. When I say what has given you that bravery I, I, that's to do the that? thing when when in, entrepreneurship when i say when you start entrepreneurial path by the way you don't have to leave the job right and i need to say to your audience take yes. the risks that are measurable and then that you can mitigate you know with your people now can start their own business while still being employed by, by absolutely that's how i started by preparing that's material started. by literally sitting and thinking what is it out there my message that i want to bring because don't do it labai style labai was <laughs> flying and then what am i doing <laughs> style is not for everyone. my landing wasn't soft you know but after the cancelled it only took me two weeks <laughs> to make my business card the concept and i, I with with help of god mm -hmm. and i'm not religion but religious but with help of whatever universe that responded to my message, I had all of yes. it. And, and the funny part was I woke up one day after visiting some cathedrals. Again, I'm not, I'm not religion, but that is the, the uh, Saint Matrona, Maria Matrona, that Russians believe she, um, she will fulfill your non-related non, uh, to greed, the desires related to that, that, Maria, Mary? no, Maria Matrona, Mary? it's called. It, it, she's not, she's a, and, and there is Maria still, okay, there is still parts of her body Mary. sort of covered by a life, but uh, it's a famous place. And we went there and somehow my friend had a mm -hmm. small, um, you know, small kid with her. And uh, she was told many years ago, she, she will never have kids. So uh, she was told by many, many, many professionals in many, many, many countries, like in Russia, top doctors, and then she went to Germany and Switzerland, and blah, 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 you will never have kids. Like, halas, forget about it. She said, one day, me, after drinking, having a party, I went, next morning, somebody dragged me into this cathedral, and I said, Maria Matrona, one thing I want, one thing I want a child, just this child that's it you know give me that child if you can three months later she was pregnant how <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like we can go we can go into details we can go into disqualifying the doctors but she is a so she took me there and she says halas i don't dream i don't believe in anything but this kind of works and and this is the proof you know her son and all so she drags me there <laughs> And I said to Maria Matrona, I said, Maria Matrona, I want to meet a life partner. And then I exited and I said, sod life partner, Maria Matrona, if you can give me an idea, what do I want to do with my life? You know, <laughs> two days later, I woke up at my mom's house and I clearly understood that I want to do, I can do the same thing that I've done in corporate career, which is training non-lawyers non to understand contracts. And that's what I've been doing for seven yes. years. No, no. Yes, and that is what that is what made us yes, cross yes. paths. So let, let's talk about that experience briefly. So I think this was 20, was this 2017, 2018? I can't remember what year now. 2018, yes, where um I had an opportunity <laughs> to train in oil and gas in Ghana. And um, I'm not an, you know, yes, I'm not an oil and gas expert, you know, although there's a risk element to that. And I reached out to someone in my network and I said, listen, I'm looking for someone who's in oil and gas. Do you know anyone? And the guy I spoke to didn't know anyone. So he spoke to his friend 
who now yeah. spoke to you and now yeah. put you in touch yeah. with me. And that's how we started on this journey together. So we'll build that whole thing and prepare to get to Ghana to go do these <laughs> projects. <laughs> we, got, we got the advance payment, you know, I think it was 50%. Tell the story. Tell the yeah, other part so of the story. What happens is, I, I, <laughs> oh, it's quite interesting. And this is entrepreneurship, you this know. This is Anything entrepreneurship. But what I've learned is, uh, uh, what, when when I was asked um, to write this course on insurance, I thought, you know, as a shell lawyer, uh, formerly uh, or shell joint venture lawyer, but we were considered to be part of Shell Legal, and then as a Weatherford lawyer. I was spoiled having this amazing uh, insurance teams. So they were dealing with a lot of stuff. Lawyers have never dealt with insurance. In upstream oil and gas, that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, you want to have separate insurance teams that are actually dealing with this stuff. So I thought, am I, am I really qualified? But then I was assured that the level that they need is, is not very, you know, is not very tall. The people will be there. It's, 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 not, it's a basic level you need to know. And I'm like, yeah, basics I know very well. But nevertheless, I bought this book, The Bible of Insurance and Upstream Oil and Gas. David, I think David Sharp it is, 400 pages. I went through it. I wrote a course. And we started to receive payments, right? We were kind of coordinating things. And... Um, the first 50% of, of payment. So, so they bought a ticket. We got that. The yeah, they bought a ticket. And yes. they gave me, uh, they paid me. The hotel they, accommodation. They, they sort of kind of spoke that, that the accommodation will be the same hotel where the course is. I, I looked at it and after well, receiving yes. some portions of money, I was confident that, you know, everything kind of fine. People are serious. And uh, <laughs> what was interesting is that the 50% never reached us because they said we paid 50% in 2525. It's 25 that reached us. And 25. No, wait. Wait, how much? Yes, no, you're right. It was 25% yeah, that reached of us. The overall, of the overall value that reached us. And then we were asking, where is this? And oh, it got stuck, la, la, la. So the, yes. the funny part is I hop on the plane. I've done my Ghana visa. I'm a first time, first no, time in no, Africa. No, I've been to Uganda before. Oh, you've been to Uganda. So first time in, in, in uh, West time Africa, in West I think Africa, I would say. In West Africa, first geez, time in Ghana. And the things I will tell you are absolutely amazing because I've contacted my, uh, my uh, good friend. Uh, he's a uh, Ghanaian and he is British Ghanaian. And I asked, shall I see some people? And he yes. gave me a couple of contacts and said, uh, he's, he's, he's a leader of procurement institute here in, um, in, in, in the UAE, in the Middle East, actually, and North Africa. So he gave me a couple of, couple of interesting yes. people. I think it was his contact. So basically, when I arrived, these guys are meeting me and they take me straight to a different accommodation, which looks really dodgy, like super dodgy. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are you I and that was when you, you called say, me. Uh, let me talk to him directly. Uh, you talk to, to, to the guy. By the, by the way, it's another Nigerian. So who connected us was Mika, my good friend, yes. Nigerian. Then you Nigerian, and this is Nigerian, but yes. I'm in Ghana. And, uh, you know, I, I say uh, there is no way I'm going to stay in this uh, something because I, clearly I attract more attention than an average Ghanaian, clearly, just, you know, on the basis of me looking a yes. bit different. Yes. And uh, no, no, but the four star hotel, 
And this guy tells me, oh, you just making a scene. I'm just trying to save some money. I'm like, no, but this is my safety. So he brings me in the car. He, he's like, blah, 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 grumbling. He brings me back to the um, hotel, but that, to the hotel, yeah. to the original hotel. That was start good. asking him, what about yeah. the remaining? The balance, yes. Because what we have said was because of that issue with the hotel, I had said to him that if he doesn't pay the balance, then the yeah, cost is yeah. not They're going like, to hold. We, we, we now see that you're going to cheat us 100%. And that's where he started exactly. to send me messages. My sister, please don't let me down. You know, <laughs> he he me sister. all sorts of things, uh, which, you know, all very poetic and stuff like that. And then uh, that's when you instructed me, you said, there is no way this guy is going to pay. There is no way. And again, he said, if I pay you, I'll pay you after the course in cash. Thank you. <laughs> An idiot from Russia with a bag of cash in Ghana. <laughs> like, thank you, but no, thank you. No, but I can't do the bank transfer because my bank is in uh, Nigeria and I can't go there and all sorts of things. So basically, Very I left, and I, you know, we didn't do the course, and we had to deal with the aftermath. Yes. And there are two things that that are important here. First, I had to. You remember, I had to do an email to the uh, to the delegates who yes, were supposed to be attending to absolve ourselves of any yeah, just to clear that up because it's not our it's not our fault. It's the fault of the um, you know, these other you know guys that were supposed to exactly. be leading and, the whole thing. So we played our part. They breached the, the contract. The twenty-five percent that no. we received barely covered my call. Like it didn't cover my time. It covered the yes. book because the book was the, only the book was like five hundred pounds, and uh, it covered some uh, some uh, other sort of costs of here here and there. You know, a little bit of a, a ticket was bought, but also that remaining amount I had to upgrade myself to business to to get out of the country next day. Basically, we. Yes, I, like the following day. Got, I didn't have to pay for that. Things got there was still remaining amount. You were very understanding. You were like, Olga, money, you yes. are out. I'm like, cheese, but but these people they paid for the course. They didn't pay to you. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know what? I've learned, I've learned, you know, and I still continue to learn every day. And you you understand contracts way more better than I do. You know, if someone breaches a contract. It doesn't make sense to go deliver the service when they haven't fulfilled their own side because there's no guarantee that after delivering the service that they're going to pay in this case i called first two things i want to say first thing i called my friend when i when i was out and i called my friend Mika and he said you hopped on the plane having 25 percent of the amount you should have called me i will tell you how some nigerians operate i'm like whoa, 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 wait what do you what do you say some nigerians i know three i know three okay three nigerians yeah one was solicitor who went all the way from nigeria under request just from the request of my boss to train me and my colleague day by day we were training because nigerian law is very close to english it's based on english law qualified into english law english law and yeah he spent a week or 10 days with me training me line by line it's he's the nicest guy i've ever met and he's a lawyer he's you know very well regarded then i lost touch with him but he, I, I think he, he was moved to london very senior in shell blah 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 second nigerian i know is mecca a father of three amazing 
kids, you know, a shell, very senior shell yeah. finance guy, blah, 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 super cool, whatever. Third Nigerian I know is Cheese, who has London full of risk, who is absolutely transparent. You know, you can't be more transparent and honest than Cheese. So I'm like, which other Nigerians you're talking about? It? And he's like, Olga, we are a big country. <laughs> Basically, on your statistics, if we apply your statistics, like all Russians are very honest or all Americans are very smart, or I'm like, yeah, my in my world, all Nigerians are amazing people. He's like, well, now not. I was never. <laughs> you know. That was so funny. He's like, generalizing, generalizing. Yeah. Uh, that's first yeah. moment. But another moment was I receive a call while in the, in the hotel. And this guy calls me and Donna. says, Olga, uh, I have your number. You told me you are coming and we will be meeting today. Is this one of the friends of, 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 of a friend? Uh, and he, I say, you know yes. what? I'm in a different hotel. I'm in Kempinski and I will be flying today in the evening. Yes, because you went to yes. Kempinski from I'm, the hotel. I'm quite that, uh, you stressed were because all of this happened and I still feel guilt for whatever reason, you know, yes. that I left and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, to add to the story, I was super scared, by the way. Uh, when I was first taken to accommodation, I was so scared yes. and I didn't sleep and I didn't even know how I will check. I even if he would pay the same day, it would be a thing just to go. Yes. Because too brave is also an issue. And I was too brave. I, 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 I kind of felt that I'm invincible. I but when I arrived in Ghana, I was like, oh, oh. It, it 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 would be better to have someone with me of you know same yes and, and you know i think that i think i was planning to come out there if everything had gone well i was planning to come out there a few days after and we're going to do this you know you know after you know whatever event <laughs> so my after party, i had after party happened. my after party was the following he's like oh my goodness Okay, I'm coming right now to Kempinski and I will spend time with you and then I will take you to the airport because you're a friend of a friend. So he told me the following. Now yes. the blast starts. Karma will get you, you know. He tells me the following. He says, I arrive in the morning and I go to reception and I say, I'm looking for Miss Olga. And the receptionist goes like, over there. He tells me over there, he's, she's very stressed and she's over there, over there. So I go over there, he says, and he finds an empty room with the, uh, our character that, you know, tried to put me in a different accommodation and tried to make his sister and tried yes, to make me yes. work for free. And <laughs> he basically says, I see him and I see another two persons there, you know, just, just him and two persons. And. I say, and where is Miss Olga? Is, is the training insurance training here? And this guy who is an organizer looks at me and says, who are you? I say, I'm looking for Miss Olga. And who are you? And now the next thing is this guy's introducing himself. He says, I'm a senior advisor to pre security advisor to president. Uh, like, now they got scared. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. But somehow my angel, yes. uh, safe, safe guardian angel, you know, was guardian angel, was sent to me through just a friend of a friend. I had no yes. idea he sat around, you know? No idea, So yes. he says, I didn't know what happened. You didn't tell me until until he saw me in Kempinski. So, but I saw him. 
I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. She left, she left, she left, she left. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where she is. He's like, calm down, calm down. What's happening? Did you kill her or something? You know, like what's happening? He's like, I didn't do anything. So he thought that Olga actually sent a security advisor, a senior security advisor to the president of the country to deal with him, but I didn't. He, the guy was looking for me, you know, yeah, to figure yes, out before yeah. the course. It was like, morning before the course i think we were going to have breakfast with this dude so he took me around he showed me atlantic ocean he showed me a couple of nice places i've learned that the uh, yes. food in ghana is uh, uh, very spicy <laughs> i couldn't it eat it but the vegetables were Try any yeah, I had really nice wine. I think it was from South Africa, and he listened to me. We had such yeah. a good laugh, such a good laugh. Because when he told me this, you know, even then he took me to the airport, and uh, I said goodbye to Ghana. Uh, but 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 I've 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 never said I've never said goodbye to my to my crazy brave nature. I said, you know, one bad apple was not going to change the way I look at at, at Nigerians or absolutely, you know? absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And that, and that is remarkable because for many people, that could have been the case where that experience just taints their whole idea about a particular group of people. But you haven't let that happen to you, which is amazing. And I'm so glad. I was worried as well. Because like I was like, oh my goodness, I just met Olga and this is happening. And I sent her to Ghana and this is happening. Oh my goodness, she's gonna probably think this or think that. Oh my goodness, no, please, what can I do to salvage the situation? <laughs> but yeah, here we are now, three years or so after we're laughing about it. We've met up in Ghana in, in Dubai um 2019. I was meant to come again last yeah. year, and then COVID happened. You know, hopefully I'll, I'll be out there again sometime next year. And we, we we have been talking about a number of things we're going to do together, and that's still going to happen. And um, I, I you I see you. I said you are my dear friend. We're not just you know business partners. You're my dear friend, and that's why I thought it would be great to have you share your experience because you've got so much to share. You've achieved so much, and please, you cannot change. Keep taking those risks because. I'm a daring person. I don't think if I overthink things, I probably won't do it. So just like you and you, you being that brave to just go to a place you've never been before. Not a lot of people would do that. You probably be asking for security to come and pick you up from the airport or yeah, something like a... that. But that just drives you. And I think it's that drive and motivation that you've you've used to achieve the success you've had now and i think you mentioned earlier that you had two choices either to come to the united kingdom or to go to dubai you you chose dubai was the right choice <laughs> for you the place for crazy <laughs> <laughs> well me being here in the uk i think i know dubai is better you're, you're better off in dubai you get you get paid more money you have you have exposure to all these other places that um you've been to and you've been able to meet more people and uh, you don't have the kind of um i don't know if i would say the kind of bureaucracy we have out here you don't have that out there and with you years can reach I, I actually struggled with my choice uh for first six months everything was different not the, not the way i got used to you know uh, uh things are uh, business is done on whatsapp people trust each other here somehow and uh, I, I was not mm -hmm. comfortable with a lot of things here for the first several months but then 
now I, I figure out that basically, um, that basically uh, the choice of the place can be, can be, um, can be uh, uh, not, you can't explain it now, but you can explain it in several years. So it's something that Joe Dispenza says. He says, what if the worst thing that happened to you, and Dubai is not the worst thing, I'm not implying that I love Dubai now, but what if the worst thing that happened to you turns out to be the best thing that happened to you? It not turns out mm -hmm. you make it the best thing that happens to you. So basically, at the moment, I am uh, at the stage in my life where I'm trying to employ that um, notion where I can make the, the worst thing that happened to me to be the best thing that happened to me. And that is what best I was yes. doing. Now, now I have the, the words to describe it. It's basically uh, the trauma and the amount of aces adverse childhood experiences that i had basically mm -hmm. just identified my road to to uh, um you know to addictions and to um um dependencies and and, and codependency and and you know difficulties in relationships and inability to build business inability to sustain in in the business environment however mm -hmm. It also identified, it also brought me to the path of healing. So not only the tapping I've learned, but I've learned EMDR, I've, I've learned now, you know, uh, this kinesis, whatever the, 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 the um, somatical, somatical work nice. with the body. I went to Reiki, I went to, I went to, uh, to uh, uh, meditate. I finally landing, landed on three years of meditating and seeing things that I would never otherwise have seen. Uh, and now I know mm -hmm. why we suffer, why we're depressed, why we can't go, go further than, you know, than, than we went uh, to, why we are not motivated, why we are sick. There is only mm -hmm. one answer, one answer, and that is called love. Love, that is called love. Called what? Some people call it God, some people call it universe, but there is one answer to all our issues and that is yes. love love that you feel inside unconditionally the real 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 love not the one that we condition even without having the family. Not, not the romantic, romantic type, type of, of love. love not not even the one that we condition no. with having the children or having uh having a partner or a pet that is amazing these are also you know you feel love you feel genuine love and most of the time you you love unconditionally at, at certain stages However, it's the love that doesn't, doesn't have any attachment to anything. It's just our ability to, to manifest mm. love from our hearts, open our hearts and have that self-love and self-value. It's not self-love, it's just love, you know? It doesn't even have to be self, but yes, it can be turned inwards when re re required. It's a resource. It's ever full bottle, you know, not even a bottle, like the whole flipping reserve, an ocean of things. And then you can turn that love into healing someone, be present with someone, into creating things that you want in life. And uh, being the main thing that the lack of self-love is doing to us, we are not authentic. We are not living our authentic life. So right now, at my 41st year in life, I start thinking, what will be authentic way for me to live my life and what is not authentic? 
and more and more I come to the point where I feel scared, but I feel like I'm ready to drop it all <laughs> or put it on, on hold, you know, some of my oil and gas activities. I'm now at the peak. I have so many requests. I have so many people coming, asking about the course. I have my own, own, own online course and I'm super proud of those things. But would you ask me when I was eight, what would you actually want in your life? I was singing, I was dancing, I was moving, I was dressing, I was a mm -hmm. little monkey, you yeah. know? And maybe it's time for me to become one again. <laughs> and Amazing, and you can, and you can, and you definitely can. While you are on that point, you know, I, I want you to do something. Now, you mentioned ACE, Adverse Childhood Experience. There are a lot of young women out there, or just women, not just young women, but young and older women who have had adverse childhood experiences, mm -hmm. whatever it is, and have not been able to heal from these situations. And they take these situations, and it's not just women, men also do as well. Yes. Yeah, but yes. from your experience as Absolutely a woman, yes absolutely so from your experience i mean you've been able to dig deep to find out what some of these adverse childhood experiences are and to begin and stay on that journey of healing because the journey of healing is a continuous one it doesn't end i want you to do three things mm -hmm. using your experience i want you to advice give three advice that you would share with the women listening to this podcast today what are the three things you've learned from your experience that you can share with young women women and us men as well that will help us continue to heal from some of the negative experiences we've had in uh, life? First of all, adverse childhood experience uh, is, uh, the, um, <clears throat> is the um, term that is used not only to describe one assault or one beating or one this or one that, but having, having an, an alcoholic parent, one alcoholic parent in, in the household would, would equal to one or two adverse uh, aces they're called adverse childhood experiences having a neglectful parent or having a parent who's never had the time for you and so on and so forth and yeah or, or parents who are shouting totally. and constantly and, and, fighting and not, not seeing the parents respecting and loving themselves in my case uh, and i had a family where we were not beaten we were not you know we were not uh, 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 humiliated in a sense of beating or physical humiliation, but uh, we we grew up in a, yes. such a lack of love and uh, such a lack of um, relaxation uh, in in such a stressful environment where everybody had to survive and the world. Was you're you're you're, for, you're fortunate because as as Nigerian parents, you know. We, yeah, get, yeah, we got yeah, the beating, yeah, yeah. you got the belt. <laughs> and so you got that. But it's funny, those things stay with you. And many people who have experienced this, you know, tend to brush it away. You know, those adverse childhood experiences where you are beaten as a child, or you see your parents shouting and nagging and things like that, those things, I'm still in, I'm in my, I'm in my late forties. And sometimes I get flashbacks I of those moments. 
They because are, they're not pretty moments in your body. And so yeah, the advice yeah. I would I would I would give yes. uh, uh, based on you know based on uh, uh, so many books and so many teachings and so many events and so many my own personal experience, I would say really don't waste the time on trying to change matter to matter. If you're trying to to as a lady, you're trying to get into better relationships by sitting and producing better relationships here, writing your standards, writing your soulmate. But right here, you feel humiliated every time somebody rejects you, or you feel, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you feel attacked, or you feel unsafe, or you feel that you're, you know, you're not worthy of those relationships. Writing your own your own goals here and and on the paper is trying to change matter. And matter is your brain and the circuitry in the brain by applying matter, basically by saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm, that's why some affirmations don't work. I'm going to say I'm healthy. I'm going to say I'm wealthy. Is, is mm, your mind in the point. body. By, by 30, 35, your whole mind is in the body. Thoughts are not primary. If thoughts would be primary, each of us would wake up one morning and say, I'm not going to drink anymore, but Hey, ho, we do. And we do get addicted to those substances through all, so, those, all sorts of difficult, uh, uh, you know, difficult mechanisms and sometimes easy when uh, people like Andrew Huberman explains it, you know, dopamine and serotonin and all of this stuff. However, one, just mm -hmm. one book will change your perception to your own mind. And that is called Molecules of Emotions. And that's the, 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 the book that actually inspired Joe Dispenza. It's actually in his list of, of, of reading. And I never, when I'm inspired by someone, I never go just reading his books. I will go, what did he read, you know? <laughs> the lawyer in me. What did he base yeah. on uh, uh, his experiences on? So basically, courses on, uh, courses on success where we talk, talk, talk. Uh, courses on uh, raising your self-confidence, trying to go from one relationship to another every time saying, in this one, it will work. No, don't waste your time. Go within and go within with energy medicine and uh, meditation. It takes me now three years. I'm feeling like a biggest failure because in three years, everybody I know have manifested all sorts of things. But also what I know now is if I feel like a failure, I will continue manifesting my failures in meditation. So I actually learn to let go and say, this is the thing of my life. It helped me through a lot of chronic pains, confidence, uh, I started to sell more freely. I started to speak more freely. I'm not afraid anymore. Why? Because we change in those meditations and I would not recommend anyone else, but Joe Dispenza, he has a system. To be honest, there is a transcendental, a transcendental meditation that I haven't tried yet. I will, but Joe Dispenza has a system and has so much science behind it. He's a cool guy. He's not sitting in his, you know, trauma and like, um, we, he's a cool dude. He drinks his <laughs> wine, you know, he says, enjoy. I have body to eat tiramisu. I love the guy to beats, absolutely to beats because he has a system. He wrote so many books. He went through becoming a, 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 an absolute best-selling author and his events if anybody ha can 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 wants to accelerate their healing they can go to one of his events and that uh, where 1500 people simultaneously we meditate it's not in 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 producing certain waves and certain brain brain waves and heart coherence it's not one plus one is two one is one one plus one is four five and even you know 50. Three, imagine three, 
four, 100 people, 150 people. We start healing others. We start creating different Amazing. lives. We are changing our genetic destiny because again, genes are soft. Only 15% of, of genes are hard. Everything else is, is not defined. You're not defined, but it's changeable. it's changeable. And if I suffer the same sufferings uh, that my mother has sufferings because a man that she loved didn't love her and all men are cheaters and all men are liars and all of it and by 38 I was like I'm living my mother's life in my own head because by the time of isn't it isn't it isn't that you know you know quite you know I, I don't know what word to use because a lot of the times a lot of people reflect their background they reflect their parents they reflect the things that they have um they have experienced like you just said here you know reflecting maybe you know if you came from a you know a a, a, a negative you know parenthood you start to reflect you start to see your mother in you yep. you start to see and your we, father we don't in want you that, but we... and people people call that they, they call that um oh they call it generational <laughs> curse <laughs> Yes, it is. It before is. The age and it's of behavior. 12, before the age of 12, we are in theta wave primarily. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the nature is very yes. wise. It says, uh, Mama Bear cannot tell little bear, hey, don't smoke because it doesn't doesn't serve you, you know. She, by her behavior, shows him, and by her energy, because we also perceive the energy fields, she shows him, we live in a harsh environment. You're going to fight or you're going to die. Here she goes and, 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 and catches the salmon, you know, in the ice, almost icy water, and he goes and does the same the way he can. Because, and he has to be at that time in theta, because if he's not in theta or, you know, human beings as well, we will not be able to repeat what, what is shown to us. Now, a parent from 0 to 12, uh, a kid from 0 to 12 is in a sta state of a theta wave. And whatever parents are saying, you, yes. I hate you to each other, you know, and then you cheated on me and you're an alcoholic. And then exactly, it goes right into your subconscious mind. It, like, and then you, you hear also some criti criticism about you. You know, you are measured, you are com compared with, and not because your parents wanted anything bad for you because they, they thought it's a good thing. You know, it's gonna motivate you. I was told so many times, it's like, hi, your sister is doing this better. And my sister heard, oh, Olga is doing that better than you. My mom was genuinely thinking it's gonna motivate us. You know, what, what did we come to? We came to such a sibling rivalry, which again, my sister started meditating. It's, it's one another hero you know, on this planet, what she's been through. And she started meditating um, in, I think January last year. And we, in seven months, we got closer than during the entire life seven months we started Amazing. to understand where our traumatic reactions are coming from they're coming from that trauma and then we can support each other in the way that we've never thought you know and she now after so many years of of being uh you know of being in in, in, a, in a suppressed mood after failing in her business now she's like i'm gonna open the new one and it's like so many years she hasn't been entrepreneur but i tell you cheese Hold on to your furniture. That lady sells like she sells the snow in the winter. I'm telling you. 
when that depression is gone, this planet is going to be like, well, I, 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 need, I need to get hold of her. <laughs> that's, the that's the result. We actually become who we are authentically and we can touch that nature. Mm -hmm. So the first advice, I have only 3% on the Absolutely. battery, so I have to finish very quickly and say, uh, so the first okay, advice good. is yes. don't waste your time on courses and, and, and improvements of fragments of you. Go within. It's the scariest thing you will ever do. Go into the darkness and face you, your own energy centers you. in within and what will start coming out of there. You're never going to believe the results, first of all, but in a year's time, approximately, you're going to be a different person. You will not even believe that there was a time when you needed a confidence course or a course on sales or a course on how to start my own business and what shall I do in my life? You know, it's going to be clear. The authenticity and purpose are there inside of you. You just have to look inside of you and pay attention inside of you. And all the dust, all the, all the shit, excuse my French, is going gonna, is gonna to disappear bit by bit. And uh, once it's that okay. happens, yes. once you start looking at the direction of the life that you authentically, authentically is supposed, are supposed to live, your diseases will go away, your lack of confidence, your inability to say no. But people address those issues in, 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 you know, in, in compartments. They compartmentalize. Well, my problem in life, I just can't say no. No, your problem in life, you've never been loved. You are traumatized. This and this and this and this. And you end up in work that you are not even created for. You created for much more something different, you know, much more creative. And there you cannot say no because you're full of fear from the trauma that happened 25 years ago. That's it. There is no other conversation. It's not about... Mm. I will train to say no to people. No, there will be a time when you will not be able to say no. no again and you will feel like a failure because we nobody changes until we change our energy completely, our state completely. So that would be my first advice. Second advice for women is don't take anything out there as a standard for your femininity. You are feminine by just being a woman. You are feminine. You prefer to be Jana Dark like me? Be. You prefer to jump over your head, do bungee jumping and, and, and do crazy stuff? Be. You want to knit? You want to sit at home and cook? Be. But don't think that the standards of femininity that somebody communicated to you are real and should be supported. You are a woman just by being a woman. Feeble feminine Damn. just because you are a woman. That's it. There is, there is no such thing as a non-feminine woman. It's a, an absolute... Uh, uh, more, more nonsense and nonsense construct of people who, yes. who just want to create those standards. And third, um, it's super hard to say it, super hard. I know, but one thing I, I know say. will help everybody in depressed and negative self talk I'm not worthy, I will never find that partner. Just say one thing to yourself this is temporary, this will pass, this is just a dark moment. This will pass. This will pass. This, will, this, this too shall, shall pass. pass. This will pass. I have one percent of, of the battery. I have to say goodbye. Otherwise, we'll. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, lastly, lastly, so we're, we're going to get thirty seconds, and I'm sure we'll get thirty seconds out of your battery before you leave. Who is the who is your most favorite superhero that you relate with? Who what what superhero represents you the most? Superhero that represents me the most living fictional or non-fictional it can be anybody it can be you know a fictional one uh, whatever 
it's maybe maybe is there one person maybe it's saint or one olga thing that uh, helga in uh, russia who basically said this is my country this is my whatever territory i'm not gonna marry anyone and i'm not gonna allow to dissolve that territory and she sacrificed her marriages because she was supposed to marry only certain people and also Jeanne d'arc uh because of inability to live an authentic life unauthentic life the life that is not hers she couldn't do it she was sentenced to death and she probably sensed that from the beginning that her path is dangerous but to the extent that wow. she was not capable to lie to herself to the extent that i'm gonna die oh no we just ended that episode on her battery dying that was my fault omg Anyway, that was it with Olga. What a remarkable, what a remarkable, remarkable person Olga is. It was phenomenal. It was amazing to have her on the show. Please listen to this over and over and over again. There's so much value in here. And I am going to bring Olga back again on the show so we can have uh, more phenomenal, interesting, value-driven experience shared with you on the show thank you so much for listening and please stick with us we are growing we are getting better and we will be the number one risk takers community in the world mark my word thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation if you enjoyed it and want to listen to more inspirational shows like this, please check out our previous episodes. I and my team love bringing you great shows you can learn from, like the one you have just listened to, because you are worthy, full of purpose, and we want to help support you on your journey to successfully take on the risks in life, whether they are personal ones or professional ones. Now it's time to take action and implement what you found valuable for your success. I wish you love, peace, happiness and greatness in everything you do.